his fists against the posts <laughs> and still now insists he does and he claws the, the ghost. By the way, we forgot to turn off the fan. Oh, no. well, take two. Welcome to Bonehead. My name's Joe Lewis. I'm going to skip because I can't come up with anything funny to say. It I'm, never stopped you from talking before. How did a lady <laughs> end up on her couch? That's Hi, James Haley. Thomas. Well, yeah, you are Haley, but how did a... Are you? We've never seen you before. How do we know you're not Haley? She Who said she was. Who wants to be here? <laughs> oh, she burned you. snap. Not so, me, though. <laughs> this is the first time a woman's ever been to the basement before. <laughs> Well, of our own free will. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to Joe's scenic crawl space. We have such lovely sights to show you. Anyway, what would you turn that fan on? Woo! You're so great. You're amazing. I love everything you do. Oh, stop it. That was a really shitty fan joke. Anyway, well, I'm oh, Joe Lewis. Welcome. I to just got it. Yeah, that was crappy. <laughs> It's not as crappy as your face. Are you going to introduce us at some I point? I swear no. to God, if everybody would shut the oh, hell oh, up. Oh, is it weird being interrupted, Joe? Is it? Is no, it on? No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, my point is. Right <laughs> Welcome to Bones. You know what's really good? <laughs> Cherry Kool-Aid. That stuff is fantastic. I prefer Tropical Punch. You we son should, of a... Point Counterpoint. Oh, I... Man, I you like know what, the strawberry what? generic one. Strawberries. Uh, why they you... brought back Charcoalberry Finn. Anybody remember that? What the, the hell is oh, a Charcoalberry Finn? It's back. It's back now. Oh yeah. my god! I gotta You're get scaring some... the lady with the with the hair. <laughs> anyway, there's no way to talk about James. <laughs> this is Joe Lewis, and welcome to Bonehead. So this is a part two. Oh damn, we got it out <laughs> of our two-part episode. Of actually may turn into three parts. We don't know. It'll there's probably a, turn into four or five. Probably. This is the second part, and we're not going to do the third part for a while. But this is the second part of our Stephen King episode where we're hey, going. Hey, wow. Hey, wow. I don't want to hear it from the guy that every time he tells a story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I can't help it. I'm so damn funny. You're the only one laughing. I uh, know. <laughs> That's all that matters. I thought anyway. he su suffered from prospector syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is our second part of our Stephen King episode. We're going to try to get through a lot of this. We're joined today by our beautiful producer, Haley. Say hi, Haley, to everyone out there. Hi, everyone. You have a lot of fans on Twitter who want to see two. your face. Yes, two. Two is more than Hello. the other three boneheads. Yes. Because nobody gives a damn about what I have to say. <laughs> that was supposed to probably be a yeah, cry yeah. for help. But yeah, no. no. I mean, let's just keep going with it. Nobody likes what I've me. learned is if you nobody don't acknowledge people that nobody. cry for help, they eventually go away. Oh, really? Hey, James. Hey, James. <laughs> or they have a mysterious accident tonight and they're never heard from again. So, why did you decide to come out from behind the camera for this episode? Because we're talking Stephen King. Well, yeah. So you like Stephen King? Yes. You like movies? Yes. You like movies about gladiators? <laughs> oh my god! I've yeah, seen that many. Mm. <laughs> I have so many other airplanes, <laughs> but I won't do them. Airplane. By the way, the movie Gladiators, not about gladiators. It's a boxing movie. Brian Dennehy. Aren't they kind of modern the dude day from gladiators? Twin Peaks, Cuba Gooding. No. Cuba Gooding wasn't on Twin Peaks. 
He should have been. Hmm. I can't but it's argue. on this season. I haven't watched any of the season. So, let's go ahead yeah, and get started. What's our, The one we left off with and the one we're going to start with is... The only movie directed by Stephen King, yeah. Maximum Overdrive. And you know, it was actually going to be in our one of our two of our previous episodes were crappy movies that we really love. It was actually going to be one of the ones I brought up, but since we decided we were going to do Stephen King afterwards, I, I didn't talk about yeah. it because I love this movie. Yeah, if you're able to see, if you could get the, your little monitor or little glasses out to see if we have list of our upcoming shows in the back if you can ever figure it out. We didn't close that door. Oh well. We didn't close the door to the back. Well, there was a guy in there earlier. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Is he out. still in there? <laughs> no. He'll figure it out. So, Maximum Overdrive. Yes. The, the movie where Stephen King admits 100% that he was so high on cocaine that he, while he shot this, and if you watch the trailer for this movie, there is no disputing that. Is it the one where he's doing it? Where he's doing it. Oh, it's great. It is wonderful. It's great. I it really stop watching us right now and YouTube the Stephen King trailer I mean, for Max Overdrive. Pause it. Come back to us, please. I'm, Never I'm, come back. Did. Run away. Run away now. I imagine when he did it, he was trying to do something semi Alfred Hitchcock because that's how Alfred Hitchcock trailers used to be. Yes, it was right. just him talking. Yeah. Which sometimes you wish that style of trailer would come back with today's the way the way they're premiering today. <laughs> I can't talk. Well, that's okay. But, um, you know, also, too, so go ahead and tell them the plot of the movie. Maximum Overdrive is based on a, a short story called Trucks, and it's all about trucks coming to life, cars coming to life, and, and taking over, right? And they're basically at a gas station, inside, mm -hmm. caught up. It's already happened, and we catch up with them in the middle. It's probably not a great short story, like Children of the Corn is not based on a great short story. The Mangler, which we'll get to later, is not based <laughs> on a great short story. <laughs> Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. They may be fun for an afternoon, but they're yeah. not up there with some of the other stuff. Maximum Overdrive. That's the plot of Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. It We're, does. I, I want to say, by the way, you mentioned the trailer. It also has one of my all-time favorite Stephen King cameos in it, though. It does. It has the best Stephen yeah, King cameo. There is no argument that this is the best Stephen King cameo. Absolutely. In the Stephen King movie. So I watch that if you've not seen it. It's an ATM and a machine calls him a name. Yes. Yes. It has a great soundtrack. Yes. ACDC. AC right. Mm -hmm. It ha it's had an actually really good cast, a popular cast. Pat Hingles in it, who was in a lot of stuff in the 60s, 50s, 70s. Character actor went he's on also to play. Known, he's also known as Commissioner Gordon in the first three Batman or first four Batman. First movies. four Batman movies. Yeah, yeah. Emilio Estevez. Yes. He would have been popular. At the the time. American yeah. Estevez. The American Estevez. <laughs> what does that even mean? I it don't means know. what it needs to mean. Most people, which I don't even know if most people know, that's Charlie Sheen's brother. Right. Yeah. And Martin Sheen's son. <gasps> Brother! What? Dad, what the hell Martin am I saying? Martin Sheen's son. I didn't son. Know that, no. Yes. You didn't know that? Actually, no, I didn't. Well, yeah. I, I just had a Chinatown. Actually, Sheen. I just had Martin a Chinatown Sheen's moment. Estevez. Okay. Yeah. I had, a, I had a Chinatown moment. Well, it's Chinatown. <laughs> Keep going. No, um, you know, you can tell what, watching this movie because the actors, um, <clears throat> don't give some really great performances. Well, it's got a pre Simpsons. Yearly Smith, who, by the way, is ashamed of this movie. She shouldn't be. I mean, she's terrible in it. Yeah. But she shouldn't be. But she also was given this much to work with. Right. Because Stephen King admitted that he spent most of the time with the vehicles and the various other 
appliances <laughs> maniacal. The, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the actual actors. Yeah. The, uh, oh, God. So many people were killed by so many stupid things. Yeah, and it was the, the Coke some, machine. Yeah, that was one of the... <laughs> That was one of the most amazing scenes in movie history. <laughs> really? Yes. That's right up there with the soliloquy in the middle of The Third Man by Orson Welles. I was just wondering what he determines amazing means. That scene and the, the steamrolling scene. Uh, so yeah, Which, I, by the way, was... it was Sorry, James, go ahead. Uh, the scene that always sticks out in my mind is the drive through scene. Humans here. Humans here. <laughs> like, really? Really? Okay. And that the 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 soundtrack whenever somebody got killed that 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 e e that just drilled into your ear holes. But <laughs> this we're really selling it well as something that they should go watch. Oh, you should. You anything, should. anything for the just the death scenes in the movie because they, they are phenomenal. And the steamrolling scene where the kid gets crushed by a steamroller was actually way worse. I wish they would have shot it, uh, put it in the actual movie where. Stephen King put a big bag of blood in there, uh-huh. and they expected it to be a big explode, uh, a minor explosion, but they they did it incorrectly and it splattered everywhere. Yeah, and then they had to take it out because it was too obscene. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. Right. Um, yeah, but Stephen King considers this his worst his worst adaption. I you know, yes, I'm sure it is. It he he's never directed again. Probably shouldn't direct. And if some ifs and if um. What I've what I've read is if people ask him, "Hey, why haven't you ever directed uh, a movie since Maximum Overdrive?" His response is, "Have you seen Maximum Overdrive?" Well, and and previously before we filmed this one, you were talking about. I mean, there was even an accident on set, right? He got yeah. sued. Um, yeah. So the uh, director of photography, there's a scene with a lawnmower, um, which you'll see if you actually watch the movie when the the the, the, the child actor is uh, bicycling through the neighborhood. There was actually a malfunction with the lawnmower, and it hit. Um, uh, block that a camera was on and the block was made out of wood and it caused projectiles to shoot from the, the the block of wood and it actually hit the director of photography he lost his right eye can you imagine yes. now it it's oh you lose your right eye that's bad enough you're, you're the director of photography. photography that's even worse and how did you lose it what movie did you lose it on Max. ghoulies 2 no, <laughs> <laughs> you lose it on maximum overdrive right and he actually sued for, I believe it was $18 million, and that they settled out of court, so there's no idea how much he actually got from that. But yeah, just this movie was a cluster from the, begin, from the beginning. And then, you know, he also, too, with this movie, Emilio Estevez actually wasn't Stephen King's first choice. You told me that. Yeah. yeah. Who was it, it? Bruce Springsteen. That made an interesting film. Yes. Probably way better than... Now, granted, Emilio Estevez, fine actor... Sort if of. you're a Mighty Ducks fan, I guess, or would Young that, Guns. Would that have changed the uh, soundtrack, do you think? Do you think, well, we got Bruce, we might as well go ahead and let him do a couple songs? I don't know. But see, because really, Maximum Overdrive stands out because everybody remembers the truck with the Green Goblin. Yeah. Right? Right. Do you think it's a Stephen King movie and, and pretty much the soundtrack? Don't you think that's what people remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's if you had Springsteen, though, do you think there would have been some... Well, we got a lot I don't think it. so, because Stephen King was a big fan of ACDC, and he actually asked them to do the soundtrack. Oh, I don't good. think it would have mattered, but... It mattered one who, way or the other. Who knows? Maybe Springsteen's ego would have got out of him, and he would have had to done well, a, a, a ballad about trucks. That reminds me, Eminem was supposed to be the star of Elysium. Yes. Instead of Matt Damon. And he was I also was, supposed to be the star of Wanted. And I, I watched that, and I thought, oh, that, and then I got, and once, I thought, well, that's a stupid idea, and I watched the movie, and I was like, no, Eminem would have been perfect for that. Yeah. And ba- much, yeah. Not, nothing against but Matt Damon. But I believe Damon, he'll turn down part, any movie that doesn't take place in Detroit. Yeah, he didn't want to do it because they shot it in South Africa. He wanted to just do it in Detroit. Detroit, yeah. Yep. Anyway, we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. Sorry. Anything else to talk about at Maximum Overdrive? Very different than the short story it's based on. 
What's so different? The entire short story, it's just them at the truck stop. Right. And it's just trucks that come to life, not every appliance. Oh, yeah, with, and, with the electric knife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I have a question about this, and I, I, I haven't seen the film <laughs> I recently. I forgot about it. <laughs> when, they, when they get to, spoiler, if you haven't seen the film and want to see the original ending, whatever, mute me for 30 seconds. But when they get there to escape, it's paddle boats, right? Because it couldn't be a motorboat. I think so. They do, it's a sailboat. Sailboat. It's a sailboat. Okay. A schooner. Because all, <laughs> I, I, all I could think is, if they got there and it was a motorboat, it's a big, oh, man. Never I know. Motorboat. Do you know what island they were going to in the, in the end of the movie? Somewhere off North Carolina, because they shot in North Carolina. Haven. Oh! Yeah. Well, for you so, Stephen King yeah. fans out there. It all comes together. Oh, my God. If only there were seven books that connected all those stories together. Anyway. So, what's our next one up? Now, this is probably the first classic Stephen King film. As far as an adaptation that people will say that's a classic film. Stand by me. Really? We're not... Carrie, The Shining? Oh, screw it. All right. <laughs> but that's true to the source material. Stephen King actually considers this his best ad... I, granted, no, I don't know about... Every, well, you know, there's been Shawshank, Green Mile. His... His, his, his opinion may have changed, but he considered this, at the time, his best adaptation to a movie. Directed by Rob Reiner. It's directed Rob by Rob Reiner. Originally, it was supposed to be uh, directed by, hold on, I've got it, Adrian Lynn. Oh, really? Yeah, but the, he was. Yeah, but shooting for nine and a half weeks fell behind, so it went to Rob Reiner. <laughs> we, sorry, I'm not sorry to no. but not But Adrian Lynn went on to make uh, Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Right? Did he also do Flashdance? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Here's Sorry. the here's the other funny part about that though, because it's, it's it is considered a classic film. It's mm -hmm. been talked about a lot, and Will Wheaton is one of the actors in it. And I heard a story, um, I believe it was actually Will Wheaton telling the story, and he told a story about when he went to school, he took a film course, and one of the films they talked about was Stand by Me. Another Will Wheaton or Jerry O'Connell doesn't matter, but and they were talking about uh, they kept Same using person. the class to, sh to talk about the symbolism of how these certain characters represent Christ at different things. And finally, w whether it was Drew O'Connell or Will Wheaton, they just stood up and went, uh, I was there. Rob Reiner never once said Christ symbol mm -hmm. at any point. And he said it, it literally changed the entire flow of the class. So people do read a lot into the film, um, but he, he, he assured everybody that whatever you read into it is great, not to take away from that, but that it is a film. Well, Alien, Rob Reiner's Rob Reiner considered his his best film. He Castle still does. Rock. I believe he still does. Yeah, he yeah. named his he named his yeah. production company Castle yeah. Rock. Even though I noticed rewatching it that it takes place in Oregon, not in Maine yeah. in the movie. It's Castle Rock, Oregon. It's Castle Rock, Oregon, and even uh, there's a couple of other uh, towns that are thrown out in there that we are talk about Portland a lot. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, back to what we were saying. You rewatched it. Mm -hmm. I rewatched it. Mm -hmm. What'd you think? It was actually the first time I'd seen it. What? I forget that you're 12. <laughs> close. Yeah, no. I liked it. I thought I'm it was sorry, she's close 14. To... <laughs> sure. I thought it was really close. And like you said, it was pretty close to the actual novella that it's based on. What's the changes? I, I It's been so long. There's hardly any. I've never actually read the story. Because I... It's one of those things where I love the movie so much that I'm afraid if I read the source material, I might be disappointed. Like the dead zone for me? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. That's what you bit. said you felt about The Shining. Exactly. The Shining. I know I need to. Yeah. Really but after I saw, the, we'll get the miniseries. I, was... I didn't rewatch it 
as rehearsal for this or as research. I did rewatch the Family Guy version of it. <laughs> oh my God. Um, to which is my question is, is that ending that they do there where they point out, wait a second, I could just come back later and still do this. So really not. Oh, that is something win. that's different than, cause in the, in the, in the book, they all die with the exception of the writer. They all die. Really? They yeah. They all die at different times? Yeah, they all die at different times. I don't remember. It's been a long time. And the way, and the way that um, River Phoenix's character dies is not how he dies in the book. Oh, okay. I, I'll tell you that I, so, I did... So Jerry O'Connell's character doesn't go on to marry Rebecca Romaine or nothing? <laughs> nothing. Well, I do know that I rewatched it this week quite by accident because it was showing on a... Uh, I can't remember... And then I caught it halfway, and then they shot. They showed it again immediately after. I think it was BBC America, and I rewatched it again. It was Wednesday night after we were doing the Scarefest thing, so we I rewatched it, and it'd been a long time. I got into it again, and then Christy was asking me questions. Well, why are they doing? Because she caught it midway, and and I said we well, got to rewatch the beginning, and it's it's just a great coming of age. No, story. it's one of those movies that had the story's called the body, right? The story's called, called the, the body. body. It's in different seasons. Yeah, and it's in different seasons. She's right. But it, and she goes, well, I don't understand. And I said, well, you know, they're guys, and they're just. I think it's just a really, what it is to be that adolescent male. Mm -hmm. Even at that time, I can. I was that was thirty years previous to when I grew up, but I could identify with it. What about yeah. you all? No, I agree. Yeah. And having those close of friends and going, well, why the hell would they want to go a body and then get their name in the newspaper? What? Who cares? No. Well, that's forty, thirty-nine year old me saying that, but. Yeah. No, I agree. <clears throat> that movie really did have an emotional impact on me as a kid, you know, so much so that, you know, I lived, I lived it out in the country. We'd always go out in the woods and play, but I always like was, I always had that movie playing in my head when I was actually playing in the woods. I'm like, am I going to find a dead body? <laughs> and then or am I going to have to create my own? <laughs> yes. And looking and at my brother going, just one hit with a stick. <laughs> the problem with digging a hole to hide a body is when you already find a the body, then the hole you dug. Oh God, Jed dilemmas. What about you as a, as a lady? What do you do you identify with their journey? I'm I'm just curious. Yeah, I would, I would find a dead body and get my name in the paper, sure. Yeah, but I'm you're. A little bit more yeah, I was about to say yeah, you I mean, produce show, so. Bonehead. Yeah. <laughs> You've already sure made system. some weird decisions. Okay, anything else? For example, else? I'm by a puppet. Yes, that's yeah. true. Let's talk about some of the facts. Is Jerry O'Connell's first movie? Yeah. Period. You know, uh, there was actually several people cast before Richard Dreyfus. Who was cast? As that character? Yeah. Michael McKeon was actually the original. What happened? Uh, just, the, they. I think there were some uh, issues. Scheduling? Scheduling well, issues. Well, that makes sense, because Rob Reiner was directing it. David Dukes was actually the first actor cast for it. Okay. David Dukes is famous for an episode of All in the Family. <laughs> yeah. Why? Which, these are all Rob Reiner's friends, by the way. It's Michael McKeon's Spinal Tap. Richard okay. Dreyfus was actually his friend since high school. High school. Sakes. David Dukes was in, an, in a very famous episode of All in the Family, mm -hmm. where he takes advantage of Eat It. Yeah. It's Stifle. Yeah. Corey Haim was actually... It was actually going to be another Corey Corey movie. Corey Haim was actually originally scheduled... Uh, was actually going to be the part that River Phoenix went on to play, but he had he went and shot Lucas. Oh, one, Great one, choice. One, <laughs> quick, one quick comment here. Uh, for you kids that may not know who Corey, the Corys were, they were the um, Olsen twins before the Olsen twins. Well, who are the Olsen twins? Because that's been a while since the Olsen twins. Oh, who the, the Olsen, Olsen twins, twins today? were... Um, the they sister were, of the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yeah, they were... Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, and, and, and before that, they were uh, Bruce Campbell before Bruce Campbell. 
You're just making shit what up. What the hell did you just say? What's the other one? Corey Feldman's in that. Yeah. Which he'd been knocking it out of the park. He did Gremlins the year before. Yeah. Right? Was this was this pre eighty six? Was it not was it pre or post Lost Boys? It'd be pre. Eighty seven's Lost okay. Boys. It'd be Gremlins, uh Stand By Me and Lost Boys. And Goonies. And Goonies is eighty six, right? I would say, yeah, and however you feel about him as a talent or anything else, most people would say to get one of those films under your belt. Yeah, would be a huge success. Now he's a little weird. I'm yes. just going to go ahead and say it. I've I've been in his uh, sphere. Uh, uh, he decided sphere, to become a Michael Jackson and impersonator, we, and with his angels. And uh, I don't consider myself the biggest feminist ever, but <laughs> it's another level, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's another level. Anyway, you know. Oh, geez, excuse me. <laughs> okay, we have no. Uh, you know the body, yeah. Ray Brower. His um his name's actually Kent Laurel, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh-huh. Please forgive me if I'm not. He's actually a, real, a pretty famous stunt worker now. Oh really? The stunt work he did Titanic. <laughs> Your favorite movie. He's gonna bring that day. He just did uh and he did uh the stunts for Green Room. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like the Green Room. I a do lot. too. I liked it a lot. Didn't I tell you to watch it? Yes. Didn't you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> My God. You they... should watch that other guy's movie, Blue Ruin. <laughs> yeah, I need to. It's on Netflix. Okay, I'll check it out. Green Ruin, Green Ruin, and and, and uh, Green Room, Blue, Blue Ruin, Ruin, and Green Room. Son of a bitch, stop naming your movies after colors. So you've done research on this. How old was Kiefer Sutherland in this movie? Oh, geez, I didn't. I swear look that he up. doesn't look eighteen. He have to be eighteen well, because he, he was help. just in Flatliners a few years later yeah. in Lost Boys. Every time I see him, I'm like, hey, Jack Bauer. Casey Zamasco's in it. Casey Samasco as oh. one of the brothers, the elder ones. He would get later. He's he did a movie called Three O'clock High. He's in the Back to the Future films and, yeah. and back. Uh, Let's not else? forget John Cusack's in it. John Cusack's in it as the brother who's dead. Mm-hmm. So it's got a great cast. Oh, a huge cast. Rob Reiner at this point in his life would just keep knocking him out of the park up until North. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, a few good men, and then North. North. I mean, it would be Princess Bride, The Body. Uh, what do you else? mean, Stand By Me? Stand By Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we're going to talk about Misery, of course. Misery, which is we'll get to in a minute. I mean, just kept killing him. Yeah, just kept. Uh, oh, When Harry Met Sally, mm. and then A Few Good Men, and then... Okay, so, anything else to add? No, I'm good. All right, we got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. The next, The Running Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a shitty movie. I, it, again, this falls into the crap movies that I really enjoyed as a kid. I still do. I watched it a few years ago. It still holds up as a cheesy flick. I, I, I would say, I think if it was Roger Corman's The Running Man, we'd forgive it much more. Probably. And if it was made in the 70s. Yeah. I think that's an interesting. I think it's interesting, but it's not. Have you ever seen it? I have not. Have you read the book? No. It's, it's a Bachman that. book. It was one of those. So, for you all, a lot of the Bachman books, all except for Thinner and uh, not the, the one with Desperation. The, the Regulators? The Regulators. They were written pre-Carry. They mm-hmm. were novels that he couldn't get sold that right. he just published later on. And mm-hmm. The Running Man is one of them. And I actually had never read it till back this last September. I listened to it on the way back from Florida on the drive. I really enjoyed it, but it is a dark book. The lead character is very thin because it, it's it's one of those dystopian societies. It's run by Cable, which we're almost there anyway. Yeah. And the these game shows, once again, reality television, we're almost there. He doesn't look anything like Schwarzenegger. He's nothing like that. 
Yeah, but you know, I can dismiss that because you you got to realize what you're watching in terms of the movie, not the book. I haven't read the book, but it's a cheesy action film. It it's is. A, a it's, it's a typical film. Arnold Schwarzenegger '80s. I agree. Action. It's movie. Total Recall before Total Recall. Is it? Oh, I is mean, it? I mean, kind of that same. It's more like Commando. I, yeah, I was gonna say. Well, no. But I'm saying it's that same thing of society screwed. We don't know what's going on. That Schwarzenegger. That's one thing I will give him credit for. Had a pretty good take on being able to do these science fiction films and making them action films. Yes. But that, and that's that's kind of why it cues up that same mentality to me. And Richard Dawson as the villain. I mean, Richard Dawson is the good part, but he, it's nothing like that in the book. No, like there's really? several people. No. Yeah, Richard Dawson. No, Dawson's it's the uh, it's uh, Have Combs. you not seen the movie? They use Combs in the book. It's not that. It's just the guy who's over Family the network. Future. Actually, the 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 ending's different. He survives so long that the network wants to give him his own show, and they're going to pardon him for everything. Wow. It has. It, that's what I'm saying. It's a totally different flavor. And he flies the helicopter into the network to destroy them. He. It's. It's now, a totally kind of. Now, do we have in the book? Is are the gimmicky fighters in the book or not? I, I don't remember that kind of gimmicky. No, and I don't remember the American the, Gladi the American, American gladiators, gladiators of somehow Red Jesse Ventura is not in the book. No, <laughs> shocker. But you know what? I just read it, and I, oh, shit, I can't remember. I, I remember the ending. I always like the big fat guy with the light bulbs all over. <laughs> yeah, it's not that gimmicky. <laughs> but a lot of people would rip Bulbous. this idea off like many, oh, tons, many times. But of course, you know that was done for you know the, well, sort of the warriors. Yeah. It's true. Along the same line. All right. I don't have a lot to add to the Running Man. It's Let's, not the world's greatest. It's not. All right. And so, it's not. It's not a true. Story. And we got to get on to Pet Cemetery. Okay, this was the, one of the big, huge box office successes, right? Right. It was meant to originally be directed by. Oh, uh, go ahead, Joe. George Romero. George Romero. Yes. George Romero. <laughs> right, right. Nakatomi. Never forget. So George Romero was meant to direct this. It's from Laurel, which is a company owned with Richard Rubenstein. He was actually held over. Was it The Dark Half or Monkey Shines? I'm pretty sure it was Monkey Shines. I'm pretty sure it was too. Monkey Shines was both of those movies were made by Orion. They were going bankrupt. He didn't yeah. know. Long story. Which Monkey Shines is a Stephen King as well, right? No. Nope. Okay, sorry. Anyway, so he was held over. They wouldn't let him off his contract, and they decided to get another director. Right. I can't remember. Uh, Mary Lambert. Right. Who, who's a talented lady. She does do some great visuals in that movie. Yes. Pet Cemetery is one of my favorite Stephen King books. Mm -hmm. It's all about dealing with death to me and how you either have the ability, and we're all parents, all except for Haley. I can't imagine going through that, but the, the, of the complete lack of ability to deal with loss. Right. Right? Yep. Completely agree. Completely agree. And that's what it's about. It's not really about demons and all these things. It's about people and their inability to deal with loss. The problem is, is you have that script was written by Stephen King. Competent director. I will give her it's the credit. It's actually the first screenplay that King adapted. Uh, yes. Another cameo. How Shot in Maine. They actually yes. shot it in Maine. Uh, got Fred Gwynn as the as the neighbor next door. Who, if you look at it in one way, is actually the guilty party. If you never showed him where the pet cemetery oh, completely was, completely agree. Right, yeah. and it's even more like that in the book. That being said, have all this pathos, and who did they cast as the lead character? Dale Midkiff, who couldn't act his way out of a paper sack. Who did they cast as the mom? Denise Crosby. Not as bad as Dale Midkiff, but damn near close. Denise Crosby for you Trekkies is? Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar. She lasted how long on 
not long. As a matter of fact, not a, even the full first season. Not, well, one of the things that she said they brought you, her back later. If you watch Panic on the Bridge, a great documentary about certain, but she has a line when she actually says she begged them just to make a cast of her legs, because so often when she was on set, she would just be standing there, and all you would see was basically. Yeah, upper leg down yeah. because it was focused on Patrick Stewart and what, the reason she eventually left was she said there was no character development for her and then when they she left they promoted Worf to being chief of security and then he had great development as a character. And the show bloomed up a little bit more, right? Yeah. yeah. And it became Not the best, best career decision. No. Yeah. Um, no, but you know, we talk about Dale Midkiff who was originally uh, scheduled to play that character? Who? Bruce Campbell. Oh, really? What happened? Uh, there's no uh, indication as to how he he did not end up making that movie. Uh, you know, we honestly, we met Bruce Campbell briefly this Two week. days ago. Two Three days, days ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. And if I was thinking, I would have asked that question of what happened with Pet Cemetery Because in my research, there was never indication as to why he didn't keep with that role. And it went to, uh, eventually went either. to Dale Midkiff. I just, it's just, it's, it's. But see, yeah, and, still, and all respect to Bruce Campbell, who I love, but I don't see that being. Yeah, a Bruce it wouldn't Campbell have worked role. either. That wouldn't have worked. I agree with you. They needed an actual actor who could show the pain of loss. I feel like you haven't got a chance that's to talk. That's okay. Go ahead. There was some scenes where I thought he pulled it off, pulled off the 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 sorrow very like well. Like the one screaming scene that's in, sh but it's also the way it's shot. The mm -hmm. fact that it's kind of in slow motion, and then it cuts to all the happy things that you have with a child, like yeah. birth and all the other stuff. Yeah, you know, but let's talk. You know, where it feels like we're we're bashing the movie. No, we like the movie. I love this movie. It's actually one of the movies. I don't know how you feel, but it creeped me out. Like the it's whole. A, yeah. I mean, I was literally shaken when I was a kid watching this movie because it came out in 1990, so I was 10 years old. And there's only been two movies that ever did that to me, prior. Nightmare on Elm Street, and I, God, was Shocker pre or. <laughs> It's pre. It's, it's pre. Shocker. I think that came out in 89. It's a bad movie. Uh, Wes Craven. Wes Craven. Never forget. But, but man, mm. there's one scene in that movie that still gives me nightmares. But anyway, Pet Cemetery. Did you like it? I have not seen it. Oh! Yes. Have you read the book? I haven't seen the movie, but I know the story. You, all, you are missing out on one of the things that I love about it. What? The Ramones. Oh, and yeah, he's right. He's right. We haven't talked about the Ramones. It's actually my favorite Ramones song. Yeah, I mean, they... You've got a movie that, as you said, all about pathos, all about dealing with death and life and blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, yep, boys, we got to roll these credits. Cue up the Ramones. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I refuse to sink. <laughs> I don't want to live it, my it life again. Oh, no. And if you see the video, it's even better. I love the song. I do, too. I, I just It's I, my favorite Ramones song. I think that's one of the things, though, that you, you're talking about that, and you're talking about how this came together, and you got to mention the Ramones. The other reason I like the film is because my son used to look exactly like Gage. So, no, that's a little creepy because Gage gets ran over by a truck. No, no and but I'm killed with a scalpel. Yeah, yeah, well, no, and that's why. Daddy, you know, I'm going to play with you. That's what I was about to say. When he would come out of his room and say, Daddy, can we play? It was always like, well, this could be the beginning of the end, but sure. <laughs> Silas doesn't look a little like Gage. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but no, it, 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 Stephen King actually serves this his scariest story. Pet Cemetery. Well, I think so because I think it deals with the scariest thing most people could ever deal with, yeah. the loss of a child. A child, yes. Well, and it's, it's, right? it's, it's right. again, it's the reason that... Because it's unnatural. Uh, well, and it's... Um, <laughs> that Simpsons line 
where Grandpa Simpson says, I hope that I get to outlive all my children. <laughs> children. Um, yeah, that's a joke, but it is. It's one of those unnatural things, because when you lose your parents, well, you're supposed to eventually. I mean, it sucks, and it's not cool, but... But that's that's life. That's life. We Losing a child is unnatural. Right. Well, and I think the other part about it is, and we've talked about this in other ways, but your house is haunted, leave your house. Yeah. Everything else. But and it's the same reason why I said insidious works on me is my kid's possessed. I can't be like, well, gee. You can drop him off at the orphanage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was yeah. little Reagan and all the other <laughs> yeah. possessed children. Now, his head spins a full 360. That was a bonus feature. He yeah, just That's yes. a gift from me to you. you. But I think that's the other thing about it is you mess with kids, it does. It has a different effect. I think right. that's why, and as we've said before, Stephen King just writes characters well. Yeah, he just does. He's, mm-hmm. I, to me, he writes the best three-dimensional characters of any author, living author. I I know. Yeah. I, and, and what'd you he say? He doesn't provide a lot of physical description all the time, so you no. don't need it. No, you don't need it. I, and that's always a misnomer when people go, well, he writes, describes so much. Not really. He describes a lot of emotions. And walks you through it. And I was going to say, and that's the flip side. And again, I'll get an eye roll here, but I think that's the difference between Stephen King and people always talk about Dean Koontz. So Do they? Um, or is it just you? He's a New York Times bestselling author. But Dean Koontz, if you read some of Dean Koontz. So is he, Daniel Faye's Dunaway Steel. None of those were. I what mean, those were names. What? But I, yeah, don't let him go. He, he He's having a senior moment. Um, the, that's uh, true. I am the oldest one here. The. But what I was going to say is, if you read some of his, he describes the scene completely. Yes. And that's that's the big difference between them as authors, and I think that's why Stephen King is more successful. No offense, Dean Koontz, you got me beat. Um, but he sets up scenes, and Stephen King sets up characters. Well, you got to get through the 90s. Anything else to add about Pet Cemetery? No, other than it's a really scary movie. It is a scary movie. You should watch it. Visuals Even the scene, just, just for the scene, uh, granted there's tons, but just for the scene of where Denise Crosby is talking about her, her sister. Yes. Oh, yes. that move, that scene, I, still to this or day. Or the fight at the funeral engages bodies because he doesn't get along with his. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot. If they, I, I, I know I keep harping on this, but. Dale Medk. <laughs> yeah, that's probably oh. yeah, just the fact that. But the that that scene. Then we the, blew it, man. That, that we just scene, blew it. That scene with the sister. I still can't watch it. Yeah. I'm I'm 37 years old and I can't watch. You it. You look man. older. I know. I feel older. That's joke. My bones creak. All right. Anything else, Haley? No. Graveyard shift. Who's seen it? Have you ever seen it? No. Seen it. I yes, I have, but it's. All right, it's a short story that was written before he was a famous author, sold yes. to one of those many short stories that he would sell to try to keep uh, clothes on their back when he and Tabby were young and married, that a collider, or he would sell them to uh, Playboy uh, Penthouse. By the way, FYI for you people, it's like, why would you? These are one of the few places you could actually get short stories was Playboy and some of these it's, it's a dying art. And it's still one of the few places. Play, I will defend Playboy to the day I die that will still do that. Yeah. They will still publish short fiction because mm-hmm. it's gone. Yeah, it's yeah. gone. Now we have the blogosphere. Yeah, that's it. And people just talk about their flipping feelings. Anyway, Graveyard Shift's a terrible movie. <laughs> oh man, but I like it so. I like it too. I like it. I actually maybe like it better than the short story, even though the short story. And I think the reason we like it is probably the same reason. Brad Dourif plays an exterminator. Yeah, you can't. Makes no sense. Helps nothing with the plot. Ends up getting killed for no good reason. The, the second best exterminator after John Goodman. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my God, is that that's arachnophobia? arachnophobia. Yeah. 
he, he gets killed in the dumbest way, then yes. he cuts to the foreman for no good reason. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Shot up like this. Did and he the, make it happen? Who yeah. knows? And the and the the the, the 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 villain at the end, the, the actual creature. The bat creature, <laughs> rat thing. The bat rat thing. That there's yeah. no explanation for. No. It just appears. No. <laughs> it, they, they work, and this is based on his experience of working in the summers at a textile plant that yeah. had rats, and then they one weekend he had the opportunity to... They would go downstairs and try to clean out the basement, but there were rats, and they had to blow. And he was like, "Well, how did it go?" And then he just made up a bullshit story about what he thought would have happened. And it's fun. Yes, it's fun. That's all. If you can catch it, I remember the opening. I remember the opening. That's about all I remember. If Congratulations. You can, if you can catch it on AMC, no, don't. See if you can actually go out and find it unedited. Yeah. Just simply because Brad Dourif has some really good lines. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a terrible movie. Anything to add? No, it's just I really enjoyed it. We're gonna get to one I've seen pretty soon. It. Yeah. Yes. It's why next. Here. It's next. It the remake. Well, it's not really a remake. I don't know how you call it because the miniseries. It's not based on the miniseries. It's based on the book. So the new movie's coming out, and it's only going to deal with the first half or the first of the kids of the book. And it's getting a lot of positive feed right now. And there's, a, there's tons of crit- criticism. Uh, uh, reviews and it, they're nothing but great. And the four boneheads here will probably see it. What at if least I, that weekend? Oh, we'll, on the road, we'll right. figure it out. Without yes, Chad. without Chad, Aww. we'll text we you pictures you. going. Oh, <laughs> here's me eating Haley's popcorn. <laughs> here's yeah. me eating more Haley's yeah. popcorn. Look, is Chad living that Kerouac lifestyle? Almost as bad as you all going to see Star Wars without me. Oh, that's actually worse than Star Wars because it actually has. It's my Star Wars. Don't you piss on Star. Wars. <laughs> it's my Star. Why can't Star Wars be Star, Star Wars? Wars? It's been a while since we did that. Well, let me get no. Let's talk. No, it's a it, We'll bring up my Star Wars story at a later date. Wait, there's actually a story here. Oh, yeah, no, no there's a story. That. I'll oh, tell you after God. the show, and then we'll mm-hmm. save it for the viewers later it on. It is a good book, but it also. This was my introduction to Stephen King. So is, don't you badmouth it. I'm not. Okay, but it's hard to explain. Oh God, yeah, it's all yeah. And so it's one of those stories that I think you could do over and over for the next hundred years. Yes, for each generation. Like this new one takes place in the eighties. Makes sense in the book. It's the what the fifties. It takes place in the fifties. Makes complete sense, especially with Stranger Things going on right now. Mm -hmm. That makes complete sense with the age of where everybody's at of us having money and going to spend it. Yes, set it in the eighties. Love that idea. It is a story that I think you could just keep telling. Yes, and and there's something inherently creepy about clowns that he was the fr- one of the first people to ever tap into. Agree. I hate clowns. I'm not scared of clowns. I think clowns are creepy. Here's the reason why. Do you mind, real quick? Please. I'm going to give you a grown man who wears makeup, dresses up, and wants to come over and play with your kids, and I'm going to call him a clown, and you're going to be completely okay with it. <laughs> Don't get and me started about him. Yeah. And I'm going to pay him. I'm going to pay a grown man to dress up in makeup and come over and entertain your children. If I pitched it to you that way, would you let it happen? <laughs> well, you would, but would you let it happen? <laughs> you forget You forget one other thing. What? He's going to take phallic-like objects and turn, turn, turn them into animals. animals. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, look, this giant inflatable penis is now a colon. <laughs> a colon? I, I what don't the? Giraffe? You could have said giraffe. You could have said puppy dog. I could have said your mom, but I didn't do anything. I just said that would colon. take a lot of balloons. Hmm? Take a lot of balloons. Take, for and how can you turn a balloon into a colon? You could have even said large intestine. That might have been funny. Why not the small intestine? How about a semicolon? Oh, anyway, back to what we were saying. Still even impossible. It. Uh, clowns. Clowns are weird. I clowns just, are weird. I, I, and then they got the creep, the best person ever 
to play the scariest clown ever. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. That's perfect casting. The only good role that the man's ever done. No. Now he was never. No, I just. No, no, no. Obviously, no. <laughs> <laughs> obviously you you've never seen the McHale's Navy or the Shadow. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> or Home Alone Two. Okay, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I did, no, and and by the way, I compl- I, I am joking. I did this just to make our friend James twitch. I love Tim Curry. Anything to make him kill you before James. <laughs> he doesn't love him. Blow up his Twitter. Send him nothing but pictures of him. I from love Rocky Horror Picture. I love, love, love Tim Curry. I actually like McHale's Navy because of Bruce Campbell, French Stewart, and Tim Curry. All right. And so Tim Curry's number one. The miniseries was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace actually grew up with John Carpenter, oddly enough. Yes. They went later on to USC, and he became a director in his own right. He directed Halloween 3, which is actually one I consider maybe one of the best Halloween sequels. And I know someone out there is like, no, I don't give a shit. I don't care about your Michael Myers opinion. <laughs> they were trying to no. do something different. It's a flawed movie. I'll give you that. But, there's but it's so much it. more interesting than yeah, Halloween 2. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, Halloween 3, I have the poster for it. It's uh, signed by Tommy Lee Wallace, yes. Tommy Atkins. I'm a fan. So Tommy Lee Wallace went on to make this movie. What did I say? If you ever get a chance to meet him, he's a really nice guy. Yes. So it's a good miniseries. The mm-hmm. first part's better than the second part because there's seven kids and TV movies are set up in seven acts. This is what it was explained to me. So it works so well for that. Mm-hmm. I don't have any crap. I know people are like, well, it's date. I don't give a damn. It's not dated. I don't care. I, I was watching it the other day. I still got into it. I enjoyed it. You know, Even the Blu-ray is not bad. It holds it's, up. Does it really? Yeah. yeah. And this is the first Stephen King book I actually read. Yeah, and I read was... it because of the miniseries, and then that led to my fascination, my my lifelong fascination with Stephen King. But you... No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no I was going to say, you know, the whole reason I watched this movie <laughs> as a kid was because it had John Ritter and Harry Anderson, and I loved Night, Night Court. Court. Night Court was my favorite sitcom as a child, and I'm like, oh, God, Harry, Harry Anderson's in a movie. I've got to watch it. And I watch it, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm not going to sleep for a week. In all fairness, what's better than Night Court now? <laughs> there isn't you said there. as a child I wish I owned most I mean Night Court and Wings Ugh, so so good yeah anyway anyway you haven't got to talk and I know you love it yeah please oh no I have nothing Tim Curry awesome yes <laughs> what about the book have you read the book yes it's, it's go ahead explain there's a it. lot of things that are in that book that you can't do on TV like the sex scene yes are we talking about with the bully? That's not even going to be in the new no, movie. No, it's not even going to be are in the new about, movie. Are we talking about the girl? The girl. Because yeah. oh, out of the seven, the losers, be... there is a lady. And it's not a rape scene at all, no. anything like that. She just has sex with all six of them. And in mm-hmm. very graphic detail as well. Yes, right? Yeah, in yeah. typical Stephen And it's because they love each other. Right. It's out of love. But how are you going to show underage sex? <laughs> you just can't. There's, there's and they're not going to be able to do that bully scene in the movie either, no. by the way. No. Well, I was going to say, and this is a, one thing I will add to this conversation. I don't know if anybody else knows this, but that, not the book, the miniseries itself was adapted internationally in India called Woe or Wah. I don't know the exact pronunci- pronunciation. W-O-H. What? Yeah, that. Thanks, Chad. Here's the interesting part about that, and this is why this is really interesting. It shows how Stephen King can be adapted. I wonder, I've been waiting for it, so I bring this up. They made it into a TV series that lasted 52 episodes. You can watch them online. They're not in English, and they're not subtitled. But if you watch it, it's very interesting, because when they adapt it to culture, the scene of Georgie and the we all float down here, they don't have... They were trying to adapt it culturally, and there's not storm sewers. There's not uh-huh. 
so he it's a swimming pool and he's watch, walking outside watching outside and if you see it they have swimming pools in it's India? very well the wealthier people do yes and so it's he's a part of a wealthy family and you just see that it's a creepy scene even not in the same language he slowly rises up out of the water with balloons so the balloons are dripping oh water that's down. cool and it's and his um he gets uh he gets closer the clown disappears and then the clown of course pops right back up right next to him pulls him in and his older brother sees him from the upside, upstairs window and the reason i wanted to bring that up is you can almost watch that even though it's 52 episodes i mean we're talking clear 48 hours of your schedule but it is very interesting. It's an hour-long episode. Oh, okay. Well, take out commercials. He's, a, he's, on a, he's on a roll. It is going to be in about 48 Pearl minutes. Harbor, let him go. 48 minutes after commercials are we, out. We, we totally get it. Anyway, the if you watch, um, it's, it's, what's really interesting about it is the director said, I did not adapt Stephen King. I adapted that min, the American miniseries, miniseries okay. and made it culturally relevant to Oh, I think my biggest issue with the the miniseries is the ending. Yeah, but that's the I, it's probably the issue I have with the book. Yeah, I mean you he can it can be anything, right, Haley? Yeah. It has been here since the, the since the primordial ooze. Correct? Am I saying that correctly? Right. He landed here. Uh, you want to talk about the turtle and and all that? You do, do a better we have job. Time for that. Well, can you give a quick? Okay, if you read the Dark Tower series, you find out that all of his works are connected, and one of the things that connects them is the idea that the turtle supports one of the beams that holds up the universe. And so throughout it, you'll hear occasional references where people are like, I don't know why I'm thinking about a turtle, I'm not sure where that thought came from, You're and right. he doesn't address it again in the book. You have to read the Dark Tower well, to see all these And there's a, there's a little blurb where the, I think Pennywise actually said, you're just something the turtle spouted yeah. out. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. And there's some mythos, that's actually built in mythos, right, James? back me up on this that you know that there's always this history about the fact that we're all that the world's built on a di giant turtle shell well i was gonna say uh terry pratchett messes with that theory in disc world mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of authors that are extremely popular maybe the secret to being a successful science fiction horror etc author is you need to play with turtle mythology uh, i'm glad he added mythology at the end of that yeah. um because yeah, <laughs> you need to play with turtles just get a bunch of them together, see what happens. We don't um, need to talk about your sex life. Can we um, talk about Stephen King? What is turtle sex called? Uh, a good time. Hashtag bonehead turtle sex. Go ahead. Shell, shell shock. Shell shock. <laughs> Hashtag new meaning for turtle wax. Oh, um, anyway. Wax on, wax the, off. The, the point I being, I waxed off this turtle. <laughs> yeah, no, Chad is absolutely right about that. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shared mythology yeah. around... Um, it's usually a turtle, but in some cultures it's more part of a larger being. But it's the damnedest hardest thing, right? So, and at the end he is a spider. He does eat and come back, but he's not really a spider. It's, yeah. right? Yeah. How do you do that? I don't know. I'll be interested if, you know. If they do the second. Well, let's face it. This movie's going to blow up. It's going to be huge. They'll, we'll it get better be. One. It better be. We're going to get another one. I would like to see how they end it. I don't know. I, they've got to change it. Yeah. Honestly, in my opinion, because it's hard to they do that. They better consult Mick, uh, not Mick Garris. <laughs> Tommy Lee Wallace? No. Stephen King. Shawshank, Green Mile. Frank Darabont. It's Frank Darabont. Yeah. The king of the of the alternate king ending. That's true. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't know how they get there. And there's certain scenes too. I mean, Mike is attacked by giant bees. 
Yeah. It doesn't quite work visually. You're yeah. reading it, you're like, eh, you've built something in your mind that doesn't quite work. But Pennywise is just a striking figure. Yeah, he's and he's probably one of the best, in terms of cinema, best villain, one of the best villains in, in cinema history. And he just enjoys being the clown. He's not the clown, he just enjoys being the clown. And it's one of those things that I just think you could tell that story different ways for the next hundred years and it'd just be well, culturally rel- relevant. Say, and that's why I brought up Woe or Woe or whatever. Because again, what? you can adapt. <laughs> Never gets old. For I me. think you can adapt that. Oh, type I'm of sure story. it gets old for some of us. <laughs> I, I, I think you can adapt that type of story. That story of of it of something yeah. attacking people, especially children, and all that. So anyway, all right. So do we keep going? Let's do. Can we do one more? We have time for so. one, more? Let's do one more. Misery. Misery is the first one I ever read. I read it in seventh grade, which probably says a lot about me. That's actually when I read the first Stephen King book. Oh, my God. Eagle River. It. Boom. (laughs) Rock Ridge. (laughs) So, Misery is, honestly, the movie's pretty damn faithful. Mm -hmm. They only change one big thing. Which is? Oh, are we allowed to spoilers? I'm going to spoil it. If you haven't seen Kathy Bates' Academy Award-winning performance... Oh, yeah. Rob Reiner directed it once again, a great adaptation. If you haven't seen it, then I'm so sorry. But in this movie, she hobbles him. hobbles him with a sledgehammer. In the book, she cuts off his foot and uses a blowtorch to cauterize the wound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was reading that, everybody's like, have you gotten to that scene yet? And I'm like, what scene? They're like, there's this scene in the movie. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, in the book, the book, in the book. I don't know that that would have been. I mean, her breaking his ankles is pretty rough. I mean, visually, me, visually, visually, yeah. it's probably just as bad, if not worse. Than I would her. say it's worse. It's worse because it is. It's a the cut. I, I think about it visually. You cut, bam, it's done. Yeah. Then you have the searing, whatever. But her pulling back to swing, swing. I oh, and she had to do that visual. to cut too. Well, but I mean, but she has to do it twice. The, I, I, the visual image of her, because that's what I remember from the film. If you ask me to take one snapshot from that film and say, sell this to somebody using only one picture, her with it back yeah. is just, no, I'm done. Annie, Annie, it's Paul Sheldon, right? And yeah. Annie Wilkes. I don't, Annie Wilkes, almost Annie Oaks. Annie Wilkes. And I, yeah, I, I got to say, Haley, whew. I think it's probably visually better that she break that she hobbles him instead of cutting off his foot. Oh, yeah, probably. Now, can I give a criticism about this movie? No. And I'm sure everybody in this in this round table is going to, uh, to hate me for it. Because I, I, I want to say I love this movie. However, this, anybody else have a problem with James Caan? Well, you know, I, that leads me to my point. Yeah, because they were forever. They no one would take the role. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't know this. Rob Reiner went to a ton of actors. James Caan was the final person who would take the role because nobody wanted to be in that bed because that wasn't the stars he went to. That's not the starring role. Oh. Kathy Bates has the starring role. It's, so it's He's a, hobbled there, and there's not much. And for the most part, he gets the crap beat out of him, and he lays there and is sick and whines. Nobody wanted to do I, it. And that's why James Conn wanted it, because he never played the reactionary role. Right, 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 right. And I feel like he failed miserably. <laughs> well, I don't agree that with that. Is the same thing, though? And, I mean, that's a critique of why a lot of actors have missed out on some great scripts. Yeah. The one that comes to mind most more recently is Django. Oh, um, because oh, yeah, Will, that's true. Will, Will Smith, Smith. Quentin Tarantino wanted to work with Will Smith. Will Smith read the script and said, "Who's the actual star?" Christoph Waltz. Right? Yeah. Oh, see, yeah, that's, he, not what I, that's not what I read about it. Because. Well, it's something Will Smith has to be the he. He actually referred to himself in the third person. Yeah. What was yeah. it? Will Smith has to. 
he has to be the hero? Is that what it was? Yeah, and he has to be the hero. Something along those lines. He thought it was too violent, and he wanted to be the hero. He, yeah, didn't, well, he, didn't, he didn't want to blow everybody up or something like I that. I think it's because Christoph Waltz is the one that actually shoots Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. And that was a big and part of Will it. Smith, so I have to be the one that shoots the bad guy. I think he also wanted to clean up the language. Oh, really? That's another... I yeah, read yeah, that the other day. But I've heard he since went back and said that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, it's... And, and Jamie Foxx, I mean... I mean, Jamie Foxx is great. I'll be honest with you, I thought you were going to bring up Sean Connery. Um, no, well, uh, Sean Connery, we've talked about that I know before. you think he's a hack, and you don't want to bring him up. No, no, that. I love Sean Connery. If you ever call him a hack again, even implying I've said that, I'll kill you whole three, thing. Three, <laughs> three people James Thomas cannot stand. And we never hear the end of it. Sean Connery. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage and Vincent Price. Oh my God. He, he talks. Vincent he hates Price. Vincent Price. He hates Vincent Price. Off, uh, you left off uh, Christopher Walken. And um, uh, Christ, uh, Christine. Uh, uh, Christina Ricci? No. Yes, yeah, Christina Ricci. <laughs> yeah, um, those are all lies. Those are all people that. Thanks, I love. Christina Ricci. Is he hideous. Thinks, he thinks she's hideous and she's. Those, those a are all dog, people that I. Just a dog. I she, think are immensely talented. By the way, speaking of which, watch we'll never have the one that we talk about this, but if you've ever seen Christina Ricci in Opposite of Sex, it's a great film. Thank you. How about just sex? Any, add to misery. Anything to add to misery? One of my favorite scenes from the book got cut from the movie and it was Kathy Bates's favorite scene too where a police officer I think it's a police officer comes to the door see what's going on and her character kills him with a lawnmower just runs him down chops up the body then, you know I don't remember that but it's been a long time said, since this I read is, it. this is too campy and she was like but it's the best scene like no this is just too what campy. is it with Stephen lawnmowers they make fun of that actually in the family episode where they make fun of it because Joe walks through the door and rings the thing and he she shoots him and he says I'm paralyzed for life now thanks and he goes no you're not and kills him and it was it was an homage to that scene getting cut from everything else hmm, I don't remember that it's been a long time since I've read it like I said since 7th yeah. grade so that's almost 30 years is 30 years I don't do math very well you would have been about 12 in so it would have been grade. 27 years yeah 27 years that's a long yeah. time Speaking of misery. Yeah, speaking of misery in a long time, are we up on time? That's a good question. And we have just made it not even halfway. We're going to be doing more of these, folks. We're going to come back to them. Yeah, go ahead. That's, go ahead. I was going to say, we can't guarantee that they're going to be straight. They're not. Because we've got, we've got a special guest coming in. I don't want to say too much, but I think our next episode... Ken Boggle. Ken Boggle, yeah. will be uh, Ken Boggle. If you don't know who Ken Boggle is, use your internet. Which we'll be discussing. We'll be discussing, you know, tarot cards. Tarot cards, Scarefest, how that plays... Uh, tarot cards and how they play in movies. Yeah. What's accurate and inaccurate. Our first special guest, other than the beautiful Haley. You told me I didn't get to... Cast no, you, be you really no. don't. You're yeah. not really a You're guest. already a bonehead. Bonehead, yeah. <laughs> You're one of us. Oh, and really quick, we talked about it in the last episode, but we didn't know about it till this morning. These are always two weeks or a week and a half behind. Uh, we just lost Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper directed the first miniseries, Salem's Lot, of a Stephen King adaptation, which I actually still love and I think it still holds up. I bought it on Blu-ray just when it came out uh, last year. Again, just because I love it so much. Toby Hooper also gave us the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, and actually, one of the only three good canon films when we get to our canon episode later. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, which actually I think is his second best film. We've talked about the Poltergeist controversy a little bit before. We're not going to get into that. So, Toby Hooper, thanks for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You redefined a genre. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you literally, if you like slasher films, if you like anything else, you have to look... 
And and the 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 what was in that even the trailer for that yeah John Larroquette I believe John Larroquette's the voice and just it still sticks uh, no matter how you feel about him uh, no matter what you think about the Poltergeist stuff definitely somebody that added a very distinct voice back to in cinema the Ridley Scott said when he right before he did Alien because he was in the horror films he kept watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre because he said that to him there doesn't get a there's not a better there's not he said it's formidable it's probably the best horror film. I don't know that I agree with that, but it it, it was new. It damn was sure, redes- it damn sure redefined everything. And I think as you watch that movie, and we've talked about <coughs> this before, you feel dirty. You just yeah. like there's something. It's the only one worse than that is Last House on the Last Left. House on the Left, <coughs> I mean, which is another hard to watch West yes. Craven film. Not because it's a bad movie, just because you just you can't watch those films though without, without having a Dream visceral. Something comes out of you. So if you want to know anything about Toby Hooper, you've obviously checked out those other things. Check out Life Force, <laughs> which is bad shit crazy. Anyway, thank you so much. This is not to get off on a down note, but check out Toby Hooper's work. I'm Joe Lewis. Uh, whatever. Nothing, nothing funny to say. Hi, Haley. Hi, I guess we're leaving. <laughs> Let's do another one. James <laughs> Thomas and Spot. Thank you so much. Toodles. Tune in next week for Ken Boggle. It's going to be hilarious. I don't have anything else to add. And it dies. Did anybody else watch the Son of Sam interview? What? When are, we, are we ready? Do you want to talk about Son of Sam when we're done with the show? Sure. All right. I'll talk about Dad. You're what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs>